Let's turn about this morning to the book of John. We'll be in John chapter number 19. John chapter number 19. And as you uh, probably recall, we have been uh, in this passage of Scripture for a few weeks. On Mother's Day, I brought a, a message from uh, these verses I'll read this morning, beginning with verse number 25. Uh, as Jesus was on the cross uh, paying for the sins of the world, I uh, brought a message entitled, Jesus the Model Child and how Christ in His perfection, uh, He fulfilled all His responsibilities as a child. And as, as the Lord laid that message on my heart and uh, studied, studied that out, and what captured, captivated my attention was the fact that the Apostle John was there. Uh, and then I was like, well, there's another message there. I'm going to preach about how uh, John was standing by. And if you remember, we talked about that last week and how John made himself available and uh, that aspect of the Christ being crucified and John being there. But then as I went back to study John, uh, I discovered that there's a lot of different messages here based on the people who were standing near the cross as Christ was crucified. And so uh, we have begun now uh, this series on Sunday morning uh, that I've entitled Standing Near the Cross. And uh, we're going to look at another character today and then we'll continue in the weeks ahead uh, until I feel the Lord move us in a different direction. I want us to look at John chapter number 19, verse 25 down through verse 27. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. Uh, we find Jesus on the cross. We could continue reading this morning, and we'll read how Jesus gave his life. He gave up the ghost. And once again, I'll remind you, man did not take his life from him. He willingly gave his life for man. Taking upon him the sins of all mankind. That's quite a thing to be reminded of, isn't it? That Jesus, the Son of God, perfection, never committing a sin, robed in flesh, taking upon Him the sin payment of the whole world. But it ought to be an overwhelming thought this morning that He didn't just take on the sin of the whole world. He took your sins on Him. He took my sins on Him. But there, in that dark hour, as Christ is being crucified, Scripture sheds some light on who was close to the crucifixion. Who was there? And before I give the title of the message this morning and uh, pray for the, for, for the Lord's blessing on the message, I, I want to just remind us of uh, the horrible event that a crucifixion is. And this crucifixion was a, was a, was a method of torture uh, that the Roman government was fond of in executing criminals and in, in in, in, in having executions. And the Christ, Christ had already endured beatings. He had already endured uh, the beating of the cat of nine tails. And uh, Scripture paints the picture that he was not even recognizable as a man. But the crucifixion would have taken place and outside of the, the Scripture tells, outside of the walls of Jerusalem. And sometimes we get the, the mental picture that it was up on a mountain or up on a hill. But truth of the matter is, it was in a place where those coming inside, into the city and out of the city would pass by as a warning or a reminder they, that place of travel 
to see where the crucifixion would, would take place. And they would often come by and jeer at those being crucified. And they would hang on the cross, and sometimes it would take days for them to die. Thus was the picture surrounding the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Certainly, those who were doing the crucifying were there to revel in that act. We know the story behind Christ being crucified, those re that religious group, those that denied Jesus Christ as the Son of God. They conspired to have Him crucified, thinking it would be the end of Jesus. But as we know, it was not the end of Jesus. It was Christ fulfilling the purpose for which He came. And they were certainly rejoicing and scorning at this teacher they called Jesus. It was not a popular time to be a follower of Christ. That crowd was in a frenzy as they yelled, Crucify Him, crucify Him. Release unto us Barabbas, a criminal, and crucify Christ in His place. The followers of Christ would be there at their own risk, at their own peril. We've already seen that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. We've already seen that John the Beloved, that disciple, was there. But if we look in verse number 25, we see there's another character there that I wanted to put our attention on this morning, and that's Mary Magdalene. And as we look at the character of Mary Magdalene, I want to preach a message that I've entitled this, Everyone Has a Story. Everyone Has a Story. I trust that the Lord will use the message this morning. Father, I pray that uh, you would use the Word of God today. I pray that you would uh, allow the Scripture to do what the Scripture can do. I pray the Spirit of God would speak to hearts this morning. And Father, I, I pray that if there's one unsaved, may they realize today that this story we are talking about, this text that we read from, the account of Christ being crucified, that He was crucified for them just as He was for the whole world that He paid the sin debt for them, just as He did the whole world. The only way to be reconciled to You, the Father, may the, the only way outside of us paying for our own sin debt in hell to receive forgiveness for our sin is to accept what Jesus did. Father, I pray that that would be settled today. Father, I pray that in the life of the child of God, may we be reminded of what Christ did for us on Calvary. May we be reminded of what we could do for Him with the life that He has given us. I pray that your will will be done this morning, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We find, interestingly enough, in verse number 25, we find in this account, we find John is there at the crucifixion, and we find in verse number 25, uh, three women who are there, and they happen to all have the, the name Mary. As you read the Gospels, sometimes you lose track of which Mary we're talking about. Mary was a very common name then, and we find a character this morning as is specified in verse number 25, Mary Magdalene. And she is called Mary Magdalene because she was from the city, from a city which bore that name, and so this was a name that she would carry. Now, we'll talk about her conversion in just a few moments, but this was to specify her uh, from some, other, uh, some others named Mary uh, that were followers of Christ as well. But as we think of that scene that day and that horrible scene that 
uh, Scripture unfolds for us where Christ, the perfect Son of God, God in the flesh, who had lived a sinless life, who Scripture tells us He had a purpose to come, and that was to get to the cross, to pay the sin debt of all mankind. Christ is being crucified. He is he, he has with, withstood the beatings. He has, he has withstood all those things that have taken place. And now he has been nailed to that cross. And he has been displayed for all the world to see. What a horrible scene that would be. What a sobering scene for a follower of Christ to be in the presence of these horrible things being done to Jesus. Now bear in mind that these followers, these Mary, his mother, and these other Marys, and John, they knew who he was. They knew he was the Son of God. They believed on Jesus. They had given their lives to follow him. And I don't think they, they really could fully comprehend what was taking place. It had to be a little surreal for somebody that they loved and they listened to knowing he's the son of God, for him to, for, for other men to do this to him, but for him to allow himself for this to take place. But regardless, it was not a pleasant scene. It was not a pleasant place to be. But we find in that group, we find Mary Magdalene. I wonder, as I thought about this character and I thought about this story, I thought about the crucifixion and all those things that would take place to get to the point where the one is crucified on the cross. I wondered as Jesus was went through that mockery of a trial and even Pilate himself washed his hands and said, I find no fault in him, but the hate and the rage and the anger from that religious crowd because simply Jesus came to say, believe on me, your, your works aren't going to do it. The law isn't going to do it. You must believe on the Son of God. And everything they went through to get Christ to that cross, the denial, the blasphemy, the, the smiting him with their fist, the plucking out of his beard, the whipping with the cat of nine tails, the denial of who he was, and the anger and the hatred that must have existed in their hearts to do that to the Son of God. As we know, and I've already reminded us of, that it was not a pleasant place for the follower of Christ to be. They were there at their own peril. But I wondered, as many were witness to all of these events, leading to verse number 25 in our text this morning, where Christ is on the cross, and in just a few moments, He is going to say those words that should mean so much to you and I, it is finished. It is finished. He gives his life for you and I. But I wonder what others who were there as spectators must have thought at this little group of followers of Christ. Did they blend into the crowd? I, I don't know that they would have blended into the crowd. Did some there know who Mary was? I imagine that there were some witness to the fact when Jesus spoke to Mary... And Jesus gave that responsibility of caring for his mother to John the Beloved. But I wonder if some there looked upon them, and Mary Magdalene included, and looked at them and drew some conclusions about them. Well, here's just a poor, misguided woman 
who put all her hopes and put all her dreams in the teachings of this man. And how sad, and look at where it's all ended for her. Or maybe they just looked at this little group, Mary Magdalene included, as just a bunch of, of, of religious zealots and, and, and looked on them with disdain at how could they follow such a man. Or maybe they looked at her with some pity. Because could you imagine the emotion? I don't know about you, but whenever I read the account of the crucifixion, it is hard to keep my emotions in check. As I preach this morning, it's hard to keep my emotions in check when I think about what Jesus did for me. I think about the agony and the suffering that He went through to pay my sin debt, to pay your sin debt. This is, it bothers me to hear somebody take the Lord's name in vain. It bothers me to hear somebody blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ. To think of sinful man actually clenching their fist and striking my Savior, it bothers me. But could you imagine standing there having been witness to what the Son of God had been through? I don't know the whole scene there, but I imagine that tears were streaming from the eyes of Mary Magdalene. I, I, I don't know if she was hunched over as the grief actually tormented her physically as she looked at this one she loved and the torture that he had gone through and endured. And in her heart of hearts, she knew what this one had done for her and she knew he was the Son of God. And I wonder if there were some who looked on her with pity because she had put her faith in this one who is now being crucified. But if you think about Mary Magdalene, she was more than just somebody who came to be a spectator at a public execution. She was more than someone who just had nothing better to do than follow the crowd and follow the mob to this place where these quote-unquote criminals were going to be crucified. And it, she was more than just somebody who said, I'll take part and just gaze and just, just see what actually takes place. I've heard of this one called Jesus, and maybe I'll just watch to see what happens. Oh, no, Mary Magdalene had a story. There was a story behind the tears that flowed down her cheeks that day. There was a story behind the, the life that was represented as she stood near the cross. See, if you dig a little deeper, there's a story. There's a reason why she was there with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, and the other Mary, and with John. There's a reason why she was a follower of Jesus Christ, because quite frankly, there is a story behind the name Mary Magdalene. Just as there's a story behind every individual in here this morning. Because there's a story in a life, and sometimes we pass each other by, whether it's coming in the church house and outside the church house, we pass people out in public, and we got to be reminded that there's a story behind every individual. And as we look a little deeper into the life of Mary, I want us to see her story this morning. And may her story remind us of our story. May her story lead us to the understanding that perhaps... We have not met Christ as she met Christ. As I think of Mary Magdalene standing near the cross, I first of all, number one, think of her conversion. 
Luke chapter number 8 and verse number 2, if you want to write that reference down, I'll not wait for you to turn there, but in Luke chapter number 8, and it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. We find an account in Luke chapter number 8 that tells us that Mary had been possessed with seven devils or seven demons, if you will. She was a lost person. And as Christ went through the village, he was teaching and healing and, and many would call on him. And Mary Magdalene is named specifically as one who was possessed of these demons. And after an encounter with the Son of God, he not only cast these demons out, she was converted as a follower of Christ. She was converted as a child of God. She believed on Jesus Christ. I imagine that there's one who gets the devil out of you. It might be a little easy to believe on him as the Son of God. And she was converted and she had lived a life that was so far from the same person who stood the cross that day. You know, this reminds me that Jesus is willing to save anyone. This reminds me that there's nobody who can't be saved. What well, can you imagine what Mary Magdalene must have looked like? I mean, I've known some people who I thought were possessed by seven devils. But can you imagine encountering someone? She would have been labeled by the psychologist of that. If she lived today, she'd be labeled by the psychologist. She's just mentally ill. No, the Bible says she had devils in her. She had demons in her. And friend, let me remind you, the, 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 devils are, are the, the, the devil is real today. We have an adversary. There is a spiritual world. He cast them out of there, and she was converted to him. To, to him. Now, there's a lot of things that are contributed to Mary Magdalene that I don't think are scriptural, but we do know, because Scripture tells us that before she met Christ, she couldn't have had much joy in her life. She couldn't have had much peace in her life. She couldn't have had much to look forward to. She couldn't have had much camaraderie. People would be afraid to be around her. But oh, would you think about her conversion for just a moment. In Luke chapter number 8, as we read how Christ cast those demons out of her, she had no idea what the future held for her. She had no idea that one day she'd be standing at the cross as the Son of God paid the sin debt for the world. As we look at Mary Magdalene, and we're reminded everyone has a story as Mary Magdalene, I believe Scripture refers to her 14 times, if my memory serves me correctly. And every time she is mentioned outside of her conversion, she is mentioned in a very positive light. Someone who is a follower of Christ. We're going to look at some Scripture, in just, more Scripture in just a moment. It's going to shed more light on that, but we must first start with her conversion. Friend, isn't it wonderful as we're in the church house today and we... Maybe glance around and we sit next to the sit next to those we sit with in the choir, or 
Even maybe an usher stuck you next to somebody, you have no idea who they are, but you say, oh, they look nice, or maybe you were one of the unlucky ones, like, oh, they don't look too nice, but whatever the, the case may be. You look around this morning, may I remind us all in here, everybody here has a story. Everybody here who is saved had the story of how hopeless their life was and how hopeless their future was and how they had nothing to look forward to but trying to do the best they can. But there was something that just kept holding them back and pulling them back. And it was the, the sins of this world and the sins of this life. But aren't you thankful this morning that you met the Son of God? He may not have in physical form visited your village as he did in Mary Magdalene, but you remember when somebody told you about Jesus? You remember when somebody stood up and preached about Jesus? You remember when somebody knocked on your door and said, I want to tell you about one who paid your sin debt? And you remember the Spirit of God. You didn't know, you didn't know who it was. You didn't know what was going on. But there was something inside of you that began to burn. There was something inside of you that began to say what they are telling you is right. What, what you listen to what they're saying, that you are lost in your sins, but if you'll call on Jesus Christ, you can be forgiven of your sins, and heaven can be your eternal home. Everybody's got a story. May we be reminded that everybody we encounter in this world, they could be a Mary Magdalene. Because Mary Magdalene wasn't looked on with much favor in this world. I mean... Who wants to be associated with somebody who's possessed of seven demons? Who is looking for that kind of a person? Not many. But Christ was. I move quickly to the second thing I want us to notice this morning as we think of the fact that everyone has a story. I want, us to, I want to mention her potential. Her potential. We're going to look in just a few moments at the end of the passage that Mary Magdalene was also at the empty tomb. Mary Magdalene was a faithful, loyal follower of Jesus Christ. Mary Magdalene was, she's in that same group that John the Beloved was, who John, as you recall the message last week, he was there standing by. He was there already picking up the responsibility. He made himself available for the Lord. He, I want to make sure that this is done because the Lord is in need of it. Mary Magdalene was of that same kind of follower where she put her own safety at risk by being associated with the one on the cross that day. She was not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will not find anything negative in Scripture about Mary Magdalene. But let me remind you who we speak of, and I'll go ahead and, and, and give you a truth that I'm going to give in a moment. It was Mary Magdalene that Jesus revealed who he was to, and that he had risen, and it was Mary Magdalene that Jesus sent to go tell the disciples. The same Mary Magdalene that when Jesus found her was an outcast because she was possessed of devils. But aren't you thankful Jesus could see us as potential that nobody else can see us as? Aren't you thankful that while we were just sinners, lost and undone on our way to hell, not only do we have a God who loved us enough to send His Son to pay our sin debt, not only do we have a Savior who cared enough to take our sins upon Himself and save us, and save us from that horrible uh, eternity of paying for our sin debt in hell and granting us a home in heaven, but in this life, He sees us for what we could be for Him. 
This morning, some of you have already served God in a way that you never thought was possible for you to serve God. Some of you are discovering that as a child of God, you, 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 were, you were doing things that you never dreamed you would do. First of all, being in a church house and liking it and coming back, singing in a choir, serving in some capacity. And you had no idea that this would be you, but aren't you thankful Jesus saw you for what you could be? May we be reminded very practically this morning, may we be reminded that everybody we encounter is somebody who has potential for God. They first of all have potential to trust Christ as their Savior, and that should be our goal. That should be our prayer. May we be reminded as a church, may we not forget what we were when Christ found us. May we not forget how useful, useless we were when Christ found us. But yet, because of our relationship in Christ, we find that Christ will use us. We can serve him. May we be reminded with somebody that encounters Christ today, somebody that that calls on Christ today, of what they could be for the service of the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning, you're saved, and you're on your way to heaven. But you just don't know what you could ever do for God. May we use Mary Magdalene as an example. Because everybody has a story. Everybody has a life that they were saved from. Everybody has a future that they know not what Christ would use them for. But we see her potential. Christ saw what she could be. Why don't you listen to this pastor this morning as I remind you that he sees you what you could be. So I'm just so thankful to be saved. You should be thankful to be saved. You should be grateful and have a heart of gratitude for your salvation and what Jesus did for you. But friend, may we follow, if I can say it like this, in the footsteps of Mary Magdalene. She didn't just choose salvation as she did do that, but she had a life of dedicated service for him. She ended up being in a place I don't think she ever thought she would be as she stood near the cross. This, our Bible tells us that one day that trumpet's going to sound and we're going to be caught out of here. It could happen today. I've often said, and many of you know what I'm going to say, I've often said, I think Jesus is coming on a Sunday. Sunday morning about 11 o'clock when Christians should be in church. To rapture the church. Doesn't it just make sense to rapture the church while they're in church? Pastor, you should write a book on that. that wouldn't, it wouldn't be, very, it wouldn't be worth, 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 worth buying. But the point I'm making is the rapture is going to take place. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be serving God when it does? To end up being doing something for Him that you never thought? I don't think that this crossed her mind that day, but as we have the privilege of looking back and looking in Scripture and painting a picture of that story in our mind, knowing the story of Mary Magdalene and knowing what she was saved out, saved out of, what a, what a dark, oppressive time that was, but we look at it as Christians, we look at it knowing what Christ did, saying, well, what a, what a group of faithful individuals to be counted with Christ." 
in that dark hour. But when Christ found her, she was nothing but potential. Aren't you thankful that he sees us for what we could do for him? I moved to number three this morning, and I must point out her faithfulness. Our text this morning reminds us that she was at the cross. If you read the Gospels, you find, and we, if you read through the Gospels and you do it many, many times, it becomes routine when you hear of what Christ, how he healed this one, or just a scripture that says that many multitudes. Sometimes we're not even given the names of those who called on him. We're not even given the names of those who he healed. The point I'm making this morning is there was multitudes, and I think the number would be larger than you and I would think it would be, who were touched in some way by Jesus Christ. But not everybody was there. Not everybody was willing to be identified with the cross. Not everything was standing, not everyone was standing with the mother of Jesus. But Mary Magdalene was. Think about it this way. Mary Magdalene followed Christ. While it was not pleasant to see him being crucified, if she was a follower of Christ, why would she not be there? If she was able to be there. Well, there's a, there's a price to pay. She's a faithful follower of Christ. See, when Mary never got over what Christ did for her, I don't think she ever forgot what it was like to be vexed, to be tormented. Can you imagine how disheveled she must have looked before Christ found her? And now how at peace her life was. She never forgot what it was like. You say, well, there's a price to pay to follow Christ. She never forgot what it was like to be in that torment, in that, in that torture before Christ found her. But she was a faithful follower of Christ. May her faithfulness, why was she there? Was she some misguided, easily duped woman? No, she was a faithful disciple. She was a faithful follower. Well, there's a lot of men in the Bible that God used in a great way. There's a lot of women in the Bible God used in a great way. There's a lot of faithful men. There's a lot of faithful women. There's not many who are more faithful than Mary Magdalene. There was not many who are more faithful than that outcast of society who is possessed of demons. And when Christ saw, he took pity on her. He cast them out. He saw her for what she could be. He cared enough for her. Truth of the matter is, let us not forget, Christ was paying for her sins on that cross. She was faithful. Friend, can we be faithful? See, everybody's got a story. Sometimes we look at the imperfections of people. Sometimes we, we look at, at what people are doing and we don't understand their mindset. But what the casual observer of that day would never understand was the faithfulness of this lady, was the faithfulness of this one who followed the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I get to number four, and this is where I want to spend the remainder of my time this morning. I can't help but notice when I think of Mary Magdalene, I can't help but think of her finish. 
In John chapter number 20, you should still have your Bibles open to John 19, but John 20, we see in verse number 1, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stones taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. In between verse 25 through 27 of chapter 19 in our text, Jesus gives his life for you and I. His body is taken and he is placed in this tomb. Not to spend, because we don't have much time, but we know the story of how uh, the soldiers guarded it. And now Mary Magdalene, in verse number one, we told her she cometh. It was still dark. I don't know what Mary, her reactions lead me to believe that her grief and everything had overcome her to the point that she didn't know what she believed, whether or not Christ was going to be crucified, I mean, whether she, he was going to rise again. Even the disciples were surprised when he actually did what he said he was going to do. I, one, one thought that crosses my mind, she had to go to the tomb just because she loved her Savior so much, if that's where he was, I want to be. But you have to also take into consideration that if she really believed that he was the Son of God, as I believe she did, maybe she went there with the hope and anticipation that he wasn't going to be there. She finds that empty tomb and she runs and tells Peter, and we know how they come back to the tomb, but I want us to look specifically in verse number 11. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, thou have borne him hence. Tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. You may ask, why didn't she recognize him? Well, Scripture will reveal part of that reason, but let me remind you, it's very early in the morning. She knew he wasn't laying in that sepulcher. She didn't know where he was. Those angels are there, and most people would have been like, okay, there's two angels in there talking to me. She was focused on the Lord. Where is he? They've taken him away, and... Now she hears a voice of one that she does not know which Jesus said, Where have you taken him? Then in verse number 16, Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabbani, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Oh, can you imagine the emotional roller coaster that this dear lady had endured? The mockery of her Savior. 
the, the, the witness of the crucifixion, the witness of his death. And now she comes to the tomb early on that Sunday morning and he's not there. Where is he? And she's asking, where is he? And then she talks to the one she supposes is the gardener because she didn't recognize him. Where have, sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him and I will take him away. And then when he said, Mary, she said, it's him. I recognize that voice. I wonder when Jesus cast those devils out, I wonder if he called her name. I wonder if he said Mary. But no doubt she recognized the voice. She recognized the one. Friend, I find Mary, when Christ found her, full of those devils and full of those demons and him casting those out, I find that faithful life of service and her being present where others would not be present. And her standing beside the sides, of, standing beside the others who love Christ so. And now she seeks him, having witnessed his death and witnessed his burial, and she comes and finds him not there. Where is my Savior? Where is he? And when he speaks her name, he re- she recognizes the Son of God. But as wonderful of a truth that is, and as wonderful as it is as a reminder to you and I that Christ died for us, and we recognize the Son of God and His work in our own life. Look at me in verse number 18. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that He had spoken these things unto her. Not only did she see with her own eyes her resurrected Lord, He sent her to go tell the boys, to go tell the disciples that he's risen. Who is that little lady standing at the cross, clutching the arm of the mother of Jesus? Is she some just misguided follower? Because we have the scripture, we see the first encounter with Christ. We see the recorded last encounter with Christ. Who was that one standing by the cross? It was the one who Jesus changed her life. She wasn't always like she was there. There was a time when she flailed because of the torment. When she was an outcast because of the torment, Christ saved her. But fast forward from that moment, she would be the one that Christ encounters in the garden and says, go tell them that I've risen. She was the messenger from the garden that day to the disciples. I've seen him. He's alive. Everybody has a story. Say, well, Pastor, if I was saved out of what Mary was saved out of, I think I would be faithful, old friend. You and I, as a sinner, had the same hell waiting on us. 
same punishment we would have to endure for our own sins. Friend, this morning we could look around and see how everybody's cleaned up and see how everybody seems to be a productive member of society. But friend, I'll be the first to testify this morning. The only good thing about me is the fact that there was a time when I met Jesus Christ and he saved my soul. And friend, may we all be reminded this morning, the only good thing about you is the Lord Jesus Christ and our salvation in him. You may say, I don't, I don't know what he saved me out of. I have, I have memories of that. I have sorrow of that. I have scars from that. Friend, everybody's got a story. Mary Magdalene had a story, but yet you find Mary at the foot of the cross. You find her faithful to the very end. You find her seeking her Savior even after he had died, and you find her fulfilling one more purpose after his resurrection. How appropriate of our Lord who came to this earth to seek and to save that which was lost. To send one who the law could not clean up. Who the law could not transform. Who religion could not change their life. But whose life he changed. She stayed with the Lord all the way to the finish. I think some would look at her and say, you thought she was crazy before. Look how crazy she is now. Can you relate to that? Why would you be? Why would you give everything? For this one called Jesus. Why would you put yourself in situation? Everybody's got a story. And friend, there's so many truths from the life of Mary Magdalene. But from the perspective of that one standing at that cross that day, my mind goes to the fact that Christ saved her when nobody else could. He saw the potential in her. She lived a life of faithful service to our Lord. And when nobody else could find him, and quite frankly, very few were looking for him, she was looking for him. And when she heard his voice, Mary, Lord, Rabbi, Master, said, go tell you know what you and I should be doing? We should be telling. Because none of us are worthy of our salvation. The truth of the matter is, none of us are worthy to be at the foot of the cross. None of us are worthy to be in the garden. None of us are worthy to speak His name. And yet, if we'll continue to be faithful to Him, He'll use us to give glory and to testify. I'm thankful for the testimony I have. Saved at a young age, grew up in a Christian home, grew up in a preacher's home. I'm thankful for that. But I often remind myself that my sin would send me to hell just like a drunkard's sin. I needed Jesus too. But, but I say that to say, maybe you're here this morning, you say, boy, that's not my testimony. That's not what Christ saved me from. 
Everybody's got a story. Everybody needed Jesus. Friend, you may be here this morning, never have trusted Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're wondering if He would save you. Why don't we let Mary Magdalene's life testify to us this morning? He'll save you. Maybe there's somebody here this morning, you say, I'd like to do more for Christ, but I know what I was saved out of. You mean maybe being possessed like of seven devils? I mean, if that's your testimony, please don't, don't give it this morning. That might scare some people. The truth of the matter is we were all hopeless without Christ. There's a lot of characters that I look forward to meeting in heaven. There's a lot who when I read, the Holy Spirit uses them to inspire me. You know what I'm talking about. I think one that often gets overlooked and we get just a glimpse of the greatness this morning is this lady, Mary Magdalene. She was where others would not be. And Christ used her in ways that others would not be used. Father, I pray that you...